Hello and welcome to Sustainable in the City, a podcast that tells inspiring stories of everyday city dwellers on a journey to a more sustainable life. I'm your host and novice sustainable light, Brooke. Hey guys, so excited that you're here to join me today as we dive into the zero waste lifestyle. You know, a little update my own personal journey. It's the off season for gardening right now, so it's cold. I tried my fall crops and you know, I actually had a little bit of success with some arugula, but then we got a crazy freeze out of nowhere. And of course, all of my little carrots uh, also that tried to sprout up didn't make it and the arugula froze. So that was the end of my gardening season this year, um, but we are definitely in planning mode for the springtime. But in the meantime, I wanted to continue my journey, you know, just because winter is coming and I, that doesn't mean to stop progressing and to stop moving and that I was only going to be, you know, this little mini homesteader for lack of a better term. So I, I really started to do a lot more research and as you all know, I really wanted to bring some guests into this podcast. So kind of a reoccurring theme that I kept seeing popping up, and I'm sure you have too, is zero waste living. And I feel like a lot of the resources that I've seen out there are very extreme. They don't really seem very easy to start. So that's kind of what I I realized in my own research was that I wanted somewhere to know where to start, and that didn't look overwhelming, and that I had to throw out my whole house and start over. And that's when I found today's guest. Her name is Celia. She has a blog called Litterless.com, and I'm so excited that you guys get to learn from her as well as I do. I think you guys will really gain some good knowledge from the podcast today. So without further ado, let's take it away. Yeah, so uh, my name's Celia. I write the blog Litterless, which is about fitting zero waste principles into an otherwise very normal life. Uh, So I started going zero waste in 2014. And of course, now there are many wonderful blogs, but at the time there wasn't really a resource that spoke to me. So I decided to try to create that. So I've been writing um, for about three years now. And when I lived in Chicago, I founded a, I co-founded a zero waste nonprofit called Zero Waste Chicago. And then earlier this year, I left that to move up to Madison, Wisconsin, uh, with my partner, um, where I now run Letterless, and I also host zero waste workshops and events. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned that you started in 2014, but kind of what was your reason? Why did you get started in that? Well, I first learned of Zero Waste in 2011-ish when I saw a video about Bea Johnson. Uh, Bea is kind of considered the founder of the Zero Waste movement, and she lives in the Bay Area with her family of four um, and kind of pioneered a lot of the practices that are really common to us now. So I saw this video about how her family lives without trash, and at the time I was leading my college's environmental group, and I just remember thinking, like, if this is possible, what's our responsibility here? Do we have a responsibility to try? So at the time I was in college, I was living in the dorm and I was eating in the cafeteria and I kind of like didn't have control over a lot of the decisions about my purchasing and about my life. And so when I graduated in 2014, I was living in an apartment for the first time and grocery shopping and setting up my kitchen and figuring out a cleaning routine. And it just was kind of clear to me that as I was setting up these routines for the first time, it would just 
make a lot of sense to try to make them low waste from the get-go. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I actually bought a house in March and we didn't necessarily do that. And um, that's why it's funny now looking around my house. I'm like, man, there's so much stuff that I probably could have thought about in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, So now I think we're in this like transition mode, like, Mm -hmm. okay, when we run out of this, we're going to find something else to sub that out with. (laughs) And I think that's a great way to do it. I think when people learn about zero waste, there's often a lot of anxiety of like, oh my God, I would love to do this, but I have 10 plastic toothbrushes that I bought at Costco (laughs) and not being sure what to do with it. And you can obviously donate extra stuff, um, but I think it works just as well to take it slowly and use things up and then, you know, kind of make those changes one by one so that you can really kind of make it for life. So it sounds like when you did it that you kind of jumped all in. Is that correct? Or did you kind of gradually find things that you liked that were sustainable and stuff like that? Yeah, I pretty much jumped all in because, you know, moving to an apartment for the first time, I was buying a lot of stuff anyway. And so it just made sense to, instead of getting, you know, a 24-pack of paper towels to put that money towards a 10-pack of washcloths for for kitchen rags or something like that, um, I will say that it did take me a long time to sort of phase plastics out of my life. Like I had the toothbrushes, I had the floss, I had all these single-use disposables, um, razors, et cetera. And it definitely took me a couple of years to work through them. And generally, I didn't really allow myself to buy the zero-waste alternative until I was out of the the plastic alternative, um, which worked for me. But um, I set up composting pretty much right away, learned about the recycling rules in my new city and all that stuff. And so I kind of laid the foundation pretty early. That's awesome. Did you have like a composting bin when you were in an apartment? Um, So I used a compost pickup service. I had composted growing up with my family in the backyard and then my college had gotten composting my senior year. And so I was very used to it and I just like couldn't imagine doing without it. Um, And so I didn't have any yard space whatsoever. I just had a very tiny balcony. But I was like, I don't know what service might be out there, but I'm sure like someone can help someone like me. So um, within my first month of moving to Chicago, I did a quick Google search and just found a compost pickup service for like 20 bucks a month. I filled a five gallon bucket with my food scraps and they hauled it away. And it was just really, really easy for me, which was nice. That's funny. I actually have a friend in Phoenix that just started talking about how their family is doing that. And I had never really heard of those services before. And I I think it's really awesome. There's one in Kansas City, too, that mm-hmm. I just discovered because I was looking it up, too. Um, yeah. So I think that's a cool, a cool way to do it because then you don't have to really worry about it and be like, I don't have dirt or garden. Why do I need this? Right. I think so. there's totally this misconception that composting is for people who have a backyard or live on a farm or are like total hippies. And definitely it's very easy for that subset to compost, but also like I've composted in apartments, uh, studio apartments, Uh, one studio without any like balcony space whatsoever just I think there are a lot of options um, a lot of options out there sure so um, I know that we talked a little bit about how I'm kind of gradually working my way into this but what is something that you feel like you find with people what is like their most common wasteful product that you recommend really switching over like is there a top five or something like that Mm -hmm. just for things when I'm looking at my own life and trying to figure out what my own waste is like what what should I be looking at trying to cut back on the most yeah it varies a lot per person and per household I kind of recommend um having a couple weeks of just being really mindful about what you're throwing away 
um, the term for that is kind of doing like a mini waste audit. And by that, I don't mean like digging through your trash or like <laughs> laying all your trash out on the ground and counting it. I just mean like maybe like when your hand is hovering over the trash can being like, what's in this? What could I do differently? Um, and kind of like starting to establish for yourself a sense of your own habits. That being said, like there are a couple culprits uh, that I particularly think are a good place to start with. One is paper coffee cups. Um, in almost every city in the U.S., they're not recyclable, although people should check their local rules. But basically, the cups are lined with plastic, which makes them waterproof. Um, but most recycling machines can't actually pull apart that paper and plastic layer. And so, um, you know, all those years when I was putting a paper cup in the recycling bin thinking it was recyclable and it wasn't, was like kind of shocking to me. But it's so, it's so easy to order your coffee for here in a real mug or bring a reusable thermos. So that's a big one just because I think there's like a lot of misconceptions about it. Um, otherwise, too, I'm a big fan of like finding out what an alternative is as you run out of an, an item. So if you use like disposable cotton rounds in your kitchen or in your bathroom for removing makeup or whatever, you know, when you run out, then you may, will maybe invest in a set of washable ones or same with paper towels, same with toothbrushes. Um, so kind of like the one-in-one-out principle. Sure. Do you um, make any products yourself? Like some people make laundry detergent or toothpaste and stuff like that. Do you do any of that? I don't really. I think zero waste can feel really synonymous with DIY. Sure. And for a lot of people, that's a really important part of it. But in my experience, DIY ingredients can be harder to find without packaging than you know the full product itself. So... I don't know where to get um, the the ingredients for you know my own laundry detergent um, without packaging, but I do know where to buy laundry detergent without packaging. So I kind of try to take the easy route myself and just just buy like a green um, bulk alternative when I can. Yeah, well, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think part of the reason that people live in cities, especially, is convenience. So mm -hmm. <laughs> doing things that are convenient, not having to DIY, I think for a lot of people, that makes a lot of sense. I actually made my own laundry detergent one time, and um, it was nice, and I enjoyed, like, doing it, and I had tons of it forever, which was really cool because I think also there's a big cost savings to a lot of this stuff mm -hmm. that people don't really talk about. Um but also I kind of appreciated the stuff that I bought more later because it was better quality also um, than what I was making myself. So yeah, so I get both sides of that for sure. Me too. Same. Yeah. And I, um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. So where do you, when you do buy these things like um, toothpaste and laundry detergent and all that kind of stuff. Do you have a specific go-to store? Do you still go to big box stores? What does your process look like? Yeah, so um, what is available really is so geographically dependent. When I lived in Chicago, there were a bunch of great stores that sold bulk foods, uh, food co-ops, like really small, amazing groceries, but none of them were very convenient to me. Um, so I would just shop the Whole Foods bulk aisle, um, which I didn't relish supporting a big company, but uh, it was you know a 15-minute walk from my house as opposed to a 30-minute train ride. Uh, here in Madison, now that I've moved, we're really lucky to have a food co-op that has really committed to bulk foods um, within like a 15-minute bike ride from us. So we mainly shop there. It's called Willie Street Co-op, and they have great bulk foods, bulk liquids, uh, bulk um, 
like household cleaners and stuff like that. Um, but I definitely recognize that I, we're lucky to have it and that many people don't. So um, I have a guide on my website that like features lists of bulk food stores around the U.S. that may be helpful to folks as they're searching. Um, and I try to just make it really easy for people to see what's out there in their neighborhood. But also um, I just want to emphasize that there are things people can do even if they don't have access to bulk. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think uh, I will put your website and all that good stuff in the description. So anyone that wants to look at those resources will have an easy way to get to it because I think that's definitely valuable. Um, I looked through some of those myself, actually, because I was really curious what was in Kansas City mm -hmm. since I'm still new here. I don't really know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was really appreciative that you had a resource like that. Oh, good. I'm glad it was helpful. Yeah. Um, and you kind of mentioned some resources for different people in different cities, but what one of the things that I was really interested in when I looked at Litterlist was the fact that you actually had this Facebook group in Chicago and that you do events where you live now. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, do you do those everywhere? Is it just local to you? What if other people want them? How does that work? <laughs> yeah, so um, a lot of the zero waste movement is taking place online, which is wonderful. It makes it really accessible. But there's nothing like connecting with people in your own community. What I found when I started hosting events in Chicago was that people were swapping tips and asking questions of things we never would have known if we hadn't met each other in person. Like, how do you compost this? Where do you recycle that? Where do you buy this thing? Um, and I think there's a lot of value in that local knowledge sharing. And I just am kind of keen to promote it wherever I am. Um, so... I've had fun leading workshops about zero waste and composting and also just hosting like informal community events to get people together and give them a space for, for sort of like knowledge sharing from each other. Uh, so most of the events I do are here in the Midwest, um, but I've done a couple elsewhere, which is, which have been fun too. So if someone lived um, in a different part of the country, would you be like, do you help them kind of start stuff in their own communities? Have you done things like that before? Or do you have any tips for people that want to do that in their own communities? Yeah. So um, I think that the best organizations are, are led by local leaders. So I often don't have anything very helpful to say <laughs> to people who live where I'm not, but I think um kind of utilizing the power of the internet to, to find people at first. So you could make a Facebook group, which has been really successful in a lot of cities. You could make like a group on meetup.com or something. But um, I think probably wherever you live, there are other zero waste folks in your area. Um, and getting them to talk doesn't have to be a huge thing. It doesn't even have to be an in-person event. It can just simply be a Facebook group. Um, where you're like, hey, I found this place to recycle like my contact lens cases. I thought you might want to know about it too. Um, so that's how we started here. That's how we started in Chicago, actually, and also in Madison. Um, so, yeah, I think there's like a lot of value in that casual community. I think that too. And actually, I think, you know, that's a part of the big reason that I am doing this podcast is I know it's more – um, I want it to be a little bit more nationwide, but I still think that there's that community and that personal experience that you gain so much more knowledge than trying to find 12 blogs on the internet sometimes. So um, right. I think that that's awesome. And I also, um, so I don't know if you're familiar um, with the Buy Nothing group. They're mm -hmm. kind of everywhere, but I actually just started one of those in my own community oh, to cool. try to 
figure out how all of that works. It's very slow moving, but <laughs> it's starting. So, um, so yeah, I think Facebook groups are great because again, they're not really a lot of commitment and a lot of people are already yeah. using it. So, yeah, I also think that, you know, zero waste bloggers and, and writers on the internet tend to kind of be overly optimistic or something. Like I, I <laughs> had gotten tired of seeing the phrase, like, just buy this in bulk, like just have the winery fill up your wine bottles for like packetry wine and just feeling like I had none of those resources available to me. So the cool thing about getting involved locally is you're kind of, you kind of get to stop comparing yourself against people who live in places where it's really easy to be zero waste. And you're kind of like, okay, this is what I can do with what I have in my community, with the stores we have, the composting we have, which is nicer than being like, kind of always pining for the things that maybe they have in New York or on the East Co- or on the West coast or, um, these places that are a little more progressive in terms of waste. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think New York city is a big one for that because I find people all the time from there and I'm like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a very walkable community. I'm Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I think that that's very smart and no digs to anyone in New York. We no, they're so guys. lucky. My God. I know. I, I know. I'm jealous of that most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do they find you if people want to connect with you or reach out? What's the best way to kind of find you and connect more with you? Yeah, my in website. Your area too. Okay. Yeah. My website is litterless.com and on Instagram, I'm at litterless, L-I-T-T-E-R-L-E-S-S. If you're in Madison, uh, come find us on Facebook. We're Zero Waste Madison. It's just very casual, but um, it's been a great local resource. That's awesome. And what would you say to anyone that's kind of like me and just trying to dip their toe in the water, but not really sure about all this zero waste stuff or if I could ever actually do it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I make the distinction between quote unquote zero waste and zero waste practices. Pretty much no one is achieving zero waste. That's not really possible in our world right now, but we can implement zero waste practices. So instead of, you know, striving for perfection, which we're never going to achieve, um, thinking of it more as like implementing these practices on the road to being a lower waste household. Um, so to me, zero waste isn't like getting rid of your trash can or, or making absolutely no waste. It's more like, did you make an effort to bring your reusable coffee cup? Um, do you keep a fork in your car? a reusable fork in your car in case like you have to stop and get a plastic fork. Um, so knowing that we can't be perfect, but that, you know, we can have a big impact if we all make some small changes and, and try.